Hi, I'm Perry, and this is the Beauty Brains. Hello and welcome to The Beauty Brains, a show where real cosmetic chemists answer your questions about beauty products and give you an insider's look at the beauty product industry. I'm your host, Perry Romanowski, and with me today is my co-host, the not-off-scene Sarah Bellum. Hello, Sarah. Hi, Perry. It's good to be here. Good to have you. On today's episode, we're going to be answering some beauty questions about... Uh, tinctures and seborrheic dermatitis. We're going to be answering questions about active beauty and we're going to look at oil cleansing. But first, let's say hi to Sarah Bellum. Thanks for filling in, Sarah. Valerie's, uh, Valerie couldn't make it today. Uh, but I know ever since that you got that job, it takes you away from brains uh, publishing. Yeah, you know. It's been Life a little, of a working woman there, Perry. It's been a little harder for you to join us, right? It has, but you know, I always appreciate being invited. Do you like uh, being away from Brains Publishing that much? Well, you know, the pay's a little more steady. <laughs> if, it, if it weren't for that uh, darn healthcare, huh? Yeah, you know, I know, some of those adulting things, but I always enjoy uh, working with the Brains. So, uh, but what have, you been, what have you been up to? Well, you know, I uh, work on content, kind of a lot of what you do, but more on the marketing side. So what are consumers doing? What are they buying? So you're still in the beauty industry I then? I still am in the beauty industry, but a little bit more on the consumer side now. Uh, yeah. Well, that's yeah. fun. Yeah, sure. And you've been traveling a little bit? Yeah, I have. <laughs> so have you, it turns out. Yeah, yeah. Well, where did you go? I went to California, San oh. Francisco, Sonoma. How about oh, you? Oh, yeah, that sounds wonderful. I was in, in Orlando. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. And you're, you're heading out again soon, aren't you? That's right. Heading out to California and then heading out to Milan, Italy for the International Federation of the Society of Cosmetic Chemists meeting. Wow. It's quite, you must have a very supportive wife. <laughs> she is just ducky. <laughs> You know, when I was in Orlando, I was at the Sunscreen Symposium. It was hosted by the Society of Cosmetic Chemists down there. There were some interesting talks. Yeah. But you know what the top issues that were uh, talked about in sunscreen? No. Uh, first, uh, there was spent a few people talked about whether they were safe or not. And of mm. course, you know, scientists say, yeah, they're safe. Right. But it was more about whether consumers think they're safe. Mm. And I guess they kind of do, right? Yeah. Uh, then another one that came up was whether they're safe for coral reefs. Yes, there's been a lot of uh, conversation around that. Do you think that's driving consumer uh, action? I don't know. I would have five, ten years ago, I would have said no, but I do think there is more awareness about kind of our impact on the environment, which isn't a bad thing, actually. So um, it yeah. does. It does seem that. Uh, Consumers are moved much more quickly by these kinds of stories now that social media is around. Mm, yes. Well, social media is powerful in sparking these conversations. Then the other topic that they talked a lot about was the blue lights, you know, mm -hmm. from phones and computers and whether that is whether you need to protect yourself from that. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm not really sold on this one. Mm. Actually, I'm not terribly sold on the one that uh, sunscreens are killing the reefs either. Uh, global warming is doing a much bigger <laughs> job of that. But this blue light, this just seems like marketing hype to me. I, I don't know. How are the products in that area looking? Yeah, I mean, you know, there is a lot of conversation around that as well. It just, even even a blue light was an issue, can personal care products protect you from it? I mean, it seems 
dubious. I mean, I guess the the theory would be if you have sunscreens can protect you from a a range of UV radiation. Yeah. Um, And you can be protected from even uh, light. Uh, visible light, right? I mean, yeah. clothes protect you. Sure. From there, right? Yeah, that's true. Uh, so I suppose you could do something about it. I just, I, I'm not convinced that there is a significant enough effect that people would notice any difference. Yeah, yeah. It's just uh, products need a way to differentiate themselves. It's pretty, it's competitive out there. I don't know if you know that, but there are a lot of products out there. <laughs> a lot of products, a lot of stories. Yes, yes. And you know what there are too? A what? lot of questions. Mm. Are you ready to get on with yeah, the rest of the show? Yeah, of course. I'm excited. All right, why don't we begin with some beauty news? Okay. Um, I read this story from our good friends at Allure. Okay. They came up with a clean beauty standard. Okay. And I thought we could talk about that a bit. Okay. Um, So essentially, you know, the whole trend, I think, is kind of ridiculous, and it's really just buys into, or it really propagates this kind of fear-mongering marketing that, unfortunately, is pretty effective. Yeah. For sure. Just at the outset, beauty products are not unsafe. And products that claim to be clean, they're not safer than standard beauty products, even though they kind of imply that they are. You know, cosmetic marketers who call themselves clean, I think they're just looking for ways to differentiate themselves too, right? Just through fear marketing. Yeah, absolutely. But I think clean beauty, why retailers are really jumping on this is there's there's, I think, a bigger scope of what falls into clean beauty than the previously popular, and I should say still popular, natural organic beauty. Um, you think uh, clean beauty is cutting into natural organic, though? I think it's the next evolution of natural organic. So you think eventually natural organic will probably go away and supplanted by clean beauty, maybe? I don't know if it'll go away, but I think the way that we're talking about it, I mean, just think about it from a consumer perspective, like clean, just the word clean is, is positive, right? Like you don't want anything quote unquote dirty. You know, we like clean. If you ask people what kind of fragrance they like, they like clean fragrances, clean smells. It's, right. there's a positive clean word jokes, there. Clean jokes, right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, well, people like, people like dirty, audience, right? People like but, dirty jokes, yeah, right? Yeah. But, but generally um, you're right. Clean yeah. is positive although clean can pretty much mean anything right exactly. there's no definition that's why i think it. retailer i think there's it, you know there's more permission to use a blend of natural and synthetic ingredients so i think from a retailer and manufacturer perspective you can have a formula that's probably more efficacious or meets you know the needs of of consumers from a functional perspective but still makes people feel good about their purchase yeah well, I have sort of a theory of what happened with this. So we had regular products. People were happy with them. They got mm-hmm. used to how they work. Sure. But then people are like, eh, I think natural is good. <laughs> and so companies, first there was greenwashing. And mm-hmm. so you could drop in a herbal extract. Sure put a pretty flower on the front of your package and call it natural right. and that was perfectly fine right right and perfectly legal and in fact some companies still do that yes. i'm looking at you avino i thought <laughs> <laughs> they have wonderful products but there's nothing about oat that's making that product work right right um so so companies would do greenwashing thing and then some companies or some companies were getting a little more reactive and they're going more purely natural natural like uh, if it doesn't come around plant i don't want it on my body right Right. And you know what the problem with that is? Those products don't work. Yeah. Well. <laughs> yeah, those products 
are terrible. I mean, there's a reason that synthetic products were invented because the because for all first to start out, everything was natural, right? You yeah, of course. Yeah. Soap, you have right. oils and all that, and you're like, oh, this is great. And then so I was like, yeah, but this kind of sucks. Like <laughs> trying to use soap in my hair. That, yeah, that kind of sucks. Yeah, it's not a pleasant experience. No. Someone comes along and says, hey, here's this synthetic detergent, and look how great this is. And people are like, hey, this is wonderful. <laughs> so the bottom line, the reason that companies use synthetic stuff is because synthetic stuff works. The natural stuff, it, it works, but not great. Yeah. So I think what happened is you have all of these natural brands kind of building. Consumers are have these expectations about how products should perform, and they're not getting it with natural. Right. In Walks Clean, where they say, well, we don't have to be natural. We could still use synthetic stuff. We'll just call it clean. So we're natural but clean. You know? Yeah, right. So natural, but it works. That's yeah. clean. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I will say, too, there's – I think there – there has been improvement on the natural side too. So we're kind of at a, a merger of improved natural formulations. I mean, clean is still, at least if you look at Allure's definitions, a lot of it's free from. Right. They're not really talking about the addition of natural ingredients. They're talking about what their pro- what their standard of clean does not include. You know, the typical, the yeah. usual suspects, sulfates, no parabens. Parabens, mineral oils, so it feels, you know, it's yeah. the whole free from movement, which it was kind of, you know, if you think of the evolution of beauty, from natural, to your point, was just adding a natural ingredient. Then it moved into free from, which was more what in products didn't include. And clean is sort of that intersection of familiar natural ingredients and free from, quote unquote, villainous ingredients. But still, you know, some synthetics, you know, obviously there's a performance expectation. Right. Ultimately, if women, consumers, primarily women, Mostly they women, use yeah. beauty products because they want them to work. If you are so afraid of what's in your beauty products, then you know, don't use them. But um, they're safe, I think. It's interesting, though, even Walmart, I don't know if you read about this, Perry, they um, introduced their own private label skincare brand, and they're promoting it as clean. I think it's called Earth to Skin. I was, yeah, I was familiar. I saw that. And yeah, they bought into all of the, uh, all the same kind of clean beauty tropes, uh, yeah. banning what uh, all these ingredients, right? But it really signals that this is not just a niche movement. This is, I mean, Walmart's doing it, Target's doing it, Sephora's doing it, Ulta's doing it. There's, this is, I think, the, the standard of beauty as we know it in 2019. Yeah, I, I would agree. And, you know, even the big companies are doing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Herbal Essences has teamed up with the, an EWG to, for a shampoo. Uh, it's just uh, yeah, it's just crazy. Uh, one of the things that I find most crazy about it is that all of the innovation in beauty products is on making things free from and you know, this clean beauty, none of the innovation is on creating products that work better. Right. Because these products don't work better. Right. Right. But, you know, they work well. I mean, these companies aren't putting out crappy products. Right. Um, they work well enough. Right. right. They're not the right. best products. But ever. you're right. The innovation is not coming from performance. You know, if you think about what was happening in the 80s and 90s, it was all performance claims, you know, two times shinier hair, three times healthy, you know, all these sort of quantifiable claims about performance and really... The claims now are, yeah, here's all the things we don't use. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> Great. You know, so, I mean, you'll still see. I mean, some brands, I think, some of the L'Oreal brands, I think, uh, are still, you know, focusing in on performance claims. But it's it's definitely an interesting time where it's less about how well it works and what it doesn't include, which always seems a little interesting to me. 
yeah, I guess the, it's, that's just the latest trend in beauty products. I think eventually there will be sort of a pulling back to getting to performance, but yeah. I guess we'll see. Well, you know, there are brands out there like The Ordinary, um, which, you know, I'm a fan of, um, that really focus on the ingredient and how it works um, and less about the free from. So, you know, there are, there are brands doing it, and I think – in this sort of research-driven era that we live in, there is a little more push and pull. So yes, the clean movement seems a bit <laughs> arbitrary since there's no real definition, but I do think there is also more pressure on brands to perform well. Um, so you know, I think we are seeing, giving a little credit to, to consumers that they are demanding products that work well as, in addition to products that they aren't afraid of. Yeah. All right, we're ready to move uh, on to some beauty questions. Sure. Our first question comes from Catherine. Mm -hmm. Catherine says, hi, I just wanted to get your opinion on this product, the Glossier, Glossier? Glossier. Glossier Body (laughs) Hero Daily Oil Wash. They have an Instagram post, which doesn't make any sense to me from a scientific perspective. So I'd love to hear your thoughts. And then she goes on and gives an ingredient list and a whole bunch of claims from this Instagram post. You're a big fan of Instagram. I do. I am. I am. I uh, love the Insta. Yeah. The Insta stories. What what kind of things do you follow there? Well, I like, you know, uh, I like to follow a lot of uh, food and drink posts, get some ideas for dinners, you know, uh, travel, decor, beauty, of course, fashion. Yeah. The the fashion. (laughs) I love the fashion. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, beauty brands are big on Instagram, and yes. actually, the, the the beauty brains has Instagram too. Oh, we, yeah. We do put out uh, some content. The beauty brains 2018. Uh, that's our Instagram one. Um, and so, feel free to follow us. Boy, we have like fifteen thousand followers or something. So, uh, but anyway. Um, you know, I have a hard time embracing Instagram. Mostly, mm. I just post pictures of uh, cats that are at the shelter and <laughs> insects and just random sightings of the number 44. Right? Sure, <laughs> so, sure, sure, sure. I don't have a big following like my own person, <laughs> but it is the joggler if yes. you're curious. So anyway, here's the gist of the Instagram post. Um, it's about skin pH. And the first claim is that using products that help maintain your skin's natural pH supports your skin's barrier function. I guess that's a pretty innocuous claim. Like you yeah. Wanna hire. Although the reality is that, you know, even if you use a product with a pH range slightly out of step with your skin pH, I mean, your skin microbiome recovers pretty quickly. I've not seen any good evidence that over the long term, you're really going to be harming your skin. Yeah. And the fact is that you rinse your skin with water, which has a pH of seven. So, you know, having a product with lower pH, I don't exactly get how that's protecting your skin. Right? Yeah. And it seems, uh, the claim seems a bit dated to me. I mean, you know, pH balance, like, I, I don't know, to your point, like, what does it really mean in terms of functionality? Yeah. Well, the poster then goes on to make the claim that oil-based or mild cleansers effectively clean skin without negatives and then cites a paper. Well, you know, I looked up that paper. Mm. It's called Cleansing Without Compromise, the Impact of Cleansers on the Skin Barrier and the Technology of Mild Cleansing. I think it was published in Dermatology Times. Mm. 
you know what? They say nothing about oil cleansers. <laughs> the paper is actually about comparing mild cleansers. And, you know, one of their mild cleansers was an SLES betaine comparison. Mm. Uh, their harshest one was soap and uh, sodium dodecyl sulfate, which is SLS. Um, and they were able to show that some skin tightening and irritation that the the more gentle uh, cleansers were more gentle. <laughs> so, oh, wow, that's yeah. shocking. Yeah, I mean. Uh, but, but they didn't say anything about oil cleansers, which the whole point of this Insta post was. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, yeah, I'm I'm sure it's a perfectly fine thing. Now, when yeah. they said that the oil cleanser cleans as well as other cleansers, yeah, I don't know how true that is. Well, um, I don't know if you know this, Perry. I I do oil cleansing. Do you? Um, you like, know, you get scrub it right in there. With the... <laughs> but I mean, the thing about oil cleansing, you know, like attracts like, right? So washing with oil, I think makes sense. Um, I find that with, I have sensitive skin and dry skin that oil cleansing does help kind of tone down. As the paper said, a gentle cleansing method, the gentler, you know, the gentler the cleansing method, the gentler it is on your skin. Right. The thing about oil cleansing is you still have to follow up with a more traditional cleanser because you don't want that oil sitting on your face so you still have to follow up with a gentle sort of traditional detergent based cleanser but you know i i, I think there's nothing wrong with it um but you know it it really depends on your skin type and what your aesthetic preferences are is it superior you know for me i like it because i do have some dryness but i also think it's a bit anecdotal if you use a very gentle cleanser like a um, and a lot of products do a good job. Brands do a good job of positioning sensitive skin and gentle cleansers now. So yeah. you can find good gentle cleansers. Um, but, you know, I don't think there's anything inherently wrong with this oil cleansing method. But is it superior as Glossier claims? I'm not sure. Yeah. Now, look, if, if you use a cleanser that is that you find harsh, you know, yeah. that sometimes I'll just wash my face with shampoo. Well... What? Do I have a bad Ladies, face? Ladies, this is who we're dealing with here. <laughs> Do I have a bad face? <laughs> but I'm just saying, okay, it feels a little tight or something. Right. But if you're going to wash your face with something that has like a harsh detergent, uh, you know, you probably would get some benefits if you used a more gentle one. Yeah, of course. At least yeah. it feels better. And But if you don't even do that, you, if you moisturize your face afterwards, the cleansing that you did, I don't think it really matters that much. It, it reminds me of washing your hair, right? If you're going to put on a hair conditioner, this the shampoo you use doesn't really matter. Yeah, I think that there's people out there that would say, then why even bother doing that? Like strip all of your face of all of its oil and then put this oil back on your face. So Well, they aren't. I mean, you wash your face to clean your face. Right. Right. To get rid of like the dirt and pollution. Well, and right. And, and I such. think for women, largely, they wash their face to get rid of the makeup. Right. Exactly. Um, so... You know, when you're wearing, if you're wearing a full face of makeup every day, you can, you know, sometimes it requires, I think one of the the, the premier benefits of, of oil cleansing is from women that wear a lot of makeup, because if you, even with a, cl a gentle cleanser, it might not get all of your makeup off. I found that oil cleansing, a lot of makeup removers, for example, are oil-based. So this lets women remove makeup without having to scrub the crap out of their skin to right. get it off. So, right. yeah. I mean, I don't know how much you wear makeup, Perry, but there oh. are some, <laughs> we don't know what you're doing at night, but <laughs> there are some, you know, some challenges with gentle cleansing and removing makeup effectively. 
So the poster claims that you can't take the pH of Body Hero Daily Wash, oil wash, and that was because it doesn't have a pH value. And in fact, that is correct. pH is a measurement of the free hydrogen ion concentration in an aqueous solution. Mm. And so if you don't have any water, then there is no pH. So <laughs> that's why you can't take the pH of an oil cleanser, right? That's hilarious, actually. <laughs> Which is why this whole notion of the pH and skin is mm -hmm. wrong. Right. Because skin doesn't have a pH. <laughs> um, but you know what? I'm going to save that for a discussion for another time. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Um, so what's our take on this then? I think it, the oil cleanser is, is perfectly fine. Oil cleansers are probably a more gentle way of cleansing your face. Um, Particularly but, but, if you wear makeup, I would add. You wear makeup, but as you said, you, then you st even use the oil cleanser. You still need to use another cleanser to get off of the exactly. oil cleanser. Exactly. Exactly. Um, something like a micellar water, which is really just diluted cleanser. Let's right. be real. Yeah. Um, that uh, that can also be an option, and that's yes. more gentle. Yes. Uh, but or you can take my route and just wash your sh face with shampoo and then moisturize. I wouldn't <laughs> recommend that to all of you ladies out there that have any sort of skincare routine. But <laughs> Actually, I, I don't moisturize either. All right. <laughs> Next question. This comes to us from Stephanie. Stephanie says, I'm not a chemist and I need some direction on properly incorporating liquid tinctures into my rice water. I have low porosity curly hair, but my scalp suffers from chronic seborrheic dermatitis. Yeah, seborrheic dermatitis. Look at that. Mm. I've been using rice water for several months. I love the results, and I would like to safely incorporate onion, garlic, cayenne, and ginger tinctures into my rice water regimen. Weekly, I prepare eight ounces distilled water with two tablespoons of white rice. I allow this to ferment for three to four days before using. I recently ordered the following tinctures to add to my rice water. These liquid, liquid tinctures are from a brand named Standard Homeopathic. And she goes on to list it. Garlic, cayenne, onion, ginger. Uh, so in alcohol and 30x. So ultimately her question is, what number of drops of the tinctures would be safe as well as effective to add to the rice water? Any guidance you could provide would be greatly appreciated. Well, I think this is the first uh, homeopathic question that we got. Wow. <laughs> you know, and my first uh, my first inclination is, geez, I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? yeah, yeah. You know, in reality, homeopathy isn't isn't like real science, and you know, you you can't really expect more than just kind of a placebo effect from any treatment you ultimately get. Uh, so, as far as things go, uh, the reality is is that homeopathy is is just water. So these tinctures are really just water. So you know, use as many drops as you want. It's just water. Yeah. So this condition of seborrheic dermatitis, there are treatments that you can try that are likely more effective than homeopathic remedies. Um, you know, in, in dermatitis, seborrheic and just dermatitis on other parts of your skin is, is unknown. Um, and as a dermatitis sufferer myself, it can be frustrating. So I understand the need to try anything that you think might work. But, yeah, um, the causes are things like your genetics, exactly. hormones, uh, how but, your skin microbiome is. I mean, they all kind of play a role. Right, right. Um, so, you know, according to the Natural National Eczema Association, 
it's best to use a topical antifungal cream or medicated anti-dandruff shampoo. Um, and in more severe cases, you can get a prescription for um, a mild steroid. So you Yeah, know, but things like rice water and homeopathic tr- treatments for this, I mean, it might make you feel good. It might have a placebo effect, but there's not any evidence that would demonstrate right. it actually works. Right, right. And homeopathic treatments in general... You know, it's just something to be well, very skeptical about. I mean, they're just, they're fake. They're right. Just, <laughs> or if you're Perry, they're just fake. <laughs> no, no, they are just fake. Yes. <laughs> but, uh, yes. Yeah. No. No. Well, and also, I mean, you know, it's not regulated. So even even well, not all you know, beauty products also have you know, limited regulations. Um, anti-dandruff shampoos are considered OTC products. They're regulated by the FDA. Certainly anything you would get via prescription. So, you know, I would definitely take that route first um, because it's real. <laughs> uh, on the other hand, I would say if the rice water is working for you, keep doing it, you know, because <laughs> you never know why things work. But if it stops working for you, I would say go and try one of the scientifically proven treatments. Of course. Uh, an anti-dandruff shampoo or, you know, a uh, antifungal cream. Right, right, right. All right, looks like we got time for one more. Oh, this comes from a guy. Oh, yeah, yeah. Luke. Luke says, hey there, beauty brains. I came across this new next generation skincare product called Face Gym. I'm kind of sick and tired of brands creating new products and then boasting so wildly about the benefits without any research or evidence to back it up. They use terms like scientifically formulated, medical grade, stem cells, detox, and it really grinds my gears hearing all this marketing talk. I like Luke. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe I'll get on the beauty brands. Can you shed some lights on whether or not there's any truth to these claims and whether the products are new and innovated? Well, that's that uh, famous face gym, and uh, they it's referred to as motion-activated skincare. Mm-hmm. So you took a look at these I here. I did. Yeah. So they're, they're like sticks, and the idea is that you put them on before you work out, okay. and then the products work with the heat of the, your body, um, so it's activated skincare. So that's it. So you, before you work out, you put this on. You get you get hot and warmed up. That heats up the thing. That starts making the the things yeah, work. The yeah. enzyme yeah. <laughs> activated. Yes. Um, uh, boy, that... I'm I'm with Luke. This it. I don't really understand the benefit of motion activated or heat activated skincare. Um, I mean, it's activated to do what? I don't really know. Um, well, they said the range is going to be available in four formula is there's the multivitamin that's going to hydrate and recharge mm-hmm. that's uh, first those what are the, the what does that even mean right. hydrate and so right. you know uh, any kind of stick balm or something is going to hydrate right, right? exactly I mean, the vitamins have nothing to do with it neither right. does the heating up right. they are going to have another one that's activated charcoal that's going to detox <laughs> detox is the the, the most terrible claim that there is. I think okay. detox might be the most terrible claim. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, again, what does it mean? It, it, it doesn't mean anything. It, yeah. it sounds scary. It doesn't mean anything. The only detoxer in our bodies is our kidneys and our liver. <laughs> right. Those yeah. are detox. Yes. Your skin, you don't detox your skin. Right. right. Uh, and certainly charcoal's not going to do it. <laughs> 
There's the Brazilian pink clay that's going to brighten. Uh, okay, yeah. does clay brighten skin? Well, I mean, clay can help. It's, you know, it has some absorbent qualities. It can pull out, you know, help kind of. Right, so I imagine when it heats up, it gets more pink. So you look, Right, you right, because you, you, theoretically, you're, if you're sweating, you're, you know, you're, your skin, you're, you're releasing moisture, yeah. sweat, oil, so this will maybe change colors. <laughs> And then there's final. There's there's spirulina, mm. which is going to lift and sculpt. Yeah. I, <laughs> that that way you don't have to lift the weights yourself. Oh yes, yes. <laughs> I mean no. these are all, you know, to Luke's point, these none of these a none of these ingredients are new in beauty products at all. We've seen beauty products oh, yeah. with all so of these old. ingredients. It's nothing new. The stick format, you know, we're seeing more stick formats in beauty. It's convenient. That's cool. Yeah. But again, not for, new. Yeah. And and the, I still understand the benefits of heat-activated skincare. I, nothing in this um, press release suggests that there is actually a benefit. So, um, you know, it's a cool positioning, whatever, but it's a marketing story. So, yeah, well, Luke, you're right. <laughs> well, I mean, it's directed to men's, men's skincare, and that's really going to take off it. <laughs> Well, evidently men just wash their face with shampoo. <laughs> it works. <laughs> uh, this is why the men's uh, market is never going to take off like people say, because there's guys like me. <laughs> All right, I guess that brings us to the end of our show. Thank you so much for listening. If you get a chance, as always, go over to iTunes and leave us a review. I especially like the ones where you say how much you like me and then how terrible you thought Randy was. <laughs> I'm just kidding, Randy. <laughs> I love Randy. You know, if you don't know Randy, Randy, just check out any of the first 150 episodes of yes. the show. <laughs> oh, yeah, we do love Randy, though. Anyway, if you go over to iTunes, leave us a review. That's going to help other people find the show. And sure, we have a full docket of more beauty questions to answer, which we still have a lot. We're getting to all the ones that people sent in. Actually, if you want to get uh, your voice on the show, you can send in a question. Just record it on your smartphone and then email it to thebeautybrains at gmail.com. We're also on Instagram uh, at thebeautybrains2018. We're on Twitter, which is just thebeautybrains. And we have a Facebook page, too. Uh, the Beauty Brains are also on Patreon, so if you want to support the show, Patreon is the best way to do that. And I promise you we'll have more episodes out, especially for our patrons. So go to patreon.com slash thebeautybrains and subscribe there. Thanks for listening, and again, uh, remember... Be brainy about your beauty. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. Get in.